So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This episode is the conclusion of our coverage of Halloween Horror Nights 21 from 2011, and we are going to be discussing Lady Luck. I am Matt, and joining me tonight are my co-hosts, Quint. Hello. And Karen. Hello. Lady Luck. This is a discussion I wanted to have after we talked about everything in the event, because this is kind of the angle they went with her, is that you would... The stories how she fits into this are so specific to the houses. It seemed that we needed to get out these the experience of the houses and see how her story fits in. The fact that we have to do that, I think, right off the bat, is a bad sign of Lady Luck being an icon because <laughs> most people, if they're going to find this information, are going to read it before they go into the house. So I don't know that one way is better than the other, but that that might be one of the problems why she's some people flat out say she's not an icon. Hmm. Mm, she is an icon. I mean, they they called her an icon yeah. themselves. Yeah, so that? She's yes. an icon. Yep. yep. But, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, if we thought Chance was kind of not really used well in twenty six, this was really bad. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, you opened up my next point perfectly because arguments for why she is or isn't an icon, and I'm not. I actually, I think she's an icon too. I don't think there's any question. And why I think that is, is because she is all the marking material. Not only is she on it, but she is. She was on all the promos. She did have a scare zone. Granted, it was a scare zone that you could walk right the hell by without even noticing it was there, but she did have one point against it. She did not have a maze, which is unusual for an icon because up till then, even the storyteller who was shoehorned in as an icon had a maze. Of course, she was also shooting into the shoehorned into the house, but she had a maze. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But um, yeah, well, did the crypt keeper have a maze? Yes, the crypt keeper was. Oh, yeah, he did. yeah, that's yep. right. That's yep. right. Yep. So now, again, I'm not making this argument that she was or wasn't. This the idea is to learn her story. And I think it was a. I think it's a better presentation to tell her story now that we know what the houses are, because we we aren't going to be able to experience them again. And experiencing them in a discussion is much different than experiencing them in real life. So now that we've had the discussion, we kind of got an idea what the houses are. Here's where her story fits into all the houses. So her, first off, her just as Lady Luck in general, even before getting to the houses, she was a demon that came into existence pretty much at the moment that humans had to start making a choice that involved taking risks and her experience from the demonic side was to kind of lead them towards the wrong decision, usually into some kind of dire consequences. The type of demon that she was, she was noted as a shapeshifter. She was not listed as specifically a succubus, 
but I think that's what her the the or the, the kind of inspiration for the shape shifting design or uh, whatever you want to call it the the feature characteristic of her of her demon character comes from, and that actually plays into her stories in the houses, which we're getting to in just a minute here. So her most notable form is what we see throughout most of Halloween Horror Nights, at least in the promotional work, and that is the temptress. That is the beauty, the fate, the the unmarred face. The redhead, well, she's always redhead, but green dressed, you know, no, no, nothing with her eyes, teeth, no, nothing on her skin. Very pretty woman. That is called her temptress form. And her main focus was to tempt people and do bad choices. And they do that usually when, again, making some kind of choice with a dire consequence. Gambling, of course, comes to mind. And that was the theme that they kind of went with to showcase her, her big Every time you see her, basically, in fact, if not always, she's behind a giant roulette wheel. We actually all saw that roulette wheel in the Halloween Horror Night store in 25. We did. Remember that? Yes. Yep. And it yeah. was, it was, and I think, I don't think, ooh, I could be wrong. Someone, if someone knows this answer, let me know. Because again, I didn't go to Halloween Horror Nights in the first two weeks or so. I think later in the event, because of the lack of presence of, of her, they actually had a lady luck, like a, a one you could stop and take a photo with in front of her wheel at the event. I think that was added later, but it may have been added since opening night. If someone has that answer, I'd like to know because I don't know that. So again, the gambling, the roulette wheel, that's where they kind of focused her, the idea of her from. Going on to her story, again, her general story and her setup, before, it was one year before the closing of the Shady Brook Rest Home and Sanitarium. And of course, we know the history of Shady Brook, right? That rings a bell for everybody. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. all right. Oh, okay, yeah. so in the in in that in the in Shady Brook, there was a resident named Floyd Mercer. Now, what was interesting about Floyd Mercer is that he actually pretended to be crazy in order to be put in Shady Brook. That's pretty extreme, mm. considering what we know about Shady yeah. Brook. Yeah, just a yeah. wee bit. And the reason he did this is because one night he was playing poker. And one of his friends that he was playing against, his name was Benny. Benny had an attractive, shapely redhead by his side in a green dress. And lo and behold, that was the temptress Lady Luck. Now, he didn't know this at the time, but we know this for the story fact. Now, Floyd actually won against against Benny and in turn also against Lady Luck because Lady Luck was tempting Benny into making the choices that he would have to... um, uh, make to whatever outcome she had wanted probably to lose but this is an interesting thing because now that benny had lost that meant floyd won against lady luck that's not something she particularly liked but she had to deal with hmm. benny <laughs> she had to get benny's consequences first and later that evening floyd had come across benny as he was just being cornered by lady luck and some of her minions, which were the demonic forms that we talked about in the Scare Zone episodes, two episodes back in this series, and they all stormed Benny and ate him alive. Well, Floyd had fled, and when he did, he had faked being crazy so that he could be stuck in Shady Brook and be protected from Lady Luck. Well, again, Lady Luck not being the kind of demon that likes losing, she... She did. It took a few years, but she found Benny and caught up with him in Shady Brook. 
instead of trying to face her with the uh, and another kind of any kind of uh, gamble, he ended up taking his own life. He hung himself. And when they found him, they found a notebook of quotes and this story and what he was running from. And then this, in turn, is now the introduction story of Lady Luck, the Floyd and Benny encounter, and then the ultimate suicide in Shady Brook. In, along with this book, as Floyd had been hiding, he looked more into what this person was with Benny and what she might be, and he wrote down eight stories. And lo and behold, there happens to be eight houses at Halloween Horror Nights 28. So I think you see where this is going. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Okay. You don't sound too enthused about it. Continue. Okay. All right. <laughs> so first story. This goes along with the Winter Nights house, the haunting of Hawthorne Cemetery. And the story goes that a young John Hawthorne was in search for a plot of land to build his house on for uh, build a house for him and his wife. Lady Luck came into his life, although she shapeshifted into the form of an old woman with two plots of land to sell. All he had to do was choose which one. And he chose, of course, he chose the wrong one. Days later, his wife, named Elizabeth, got sick and died. And now, with this plot of land, instead of building a house, John Hawthorne decided to build a memorial garden and cemetery for his wife instead. So he built the garden. It grew into the cemetery with more people and more uh, souls, in a sense. Now, to make matters worse in all this, for Hawthorne specifically, not knowing till you just before his death that the mortician that had embalmed Elizabeth's body was a young kind of outside of the box thinking alchemist named Malcolm Trumbull. And he decided to try to use his own methods and chemicals for the process. And this oh. ended up keeping, I love Karen's reaction. That was the best. Ah, and this process. Idea. <laughs> and this process ended up keeping Elizabeth's spirit from ever resting. So distraught learning all this on the third anniversary of Elizabeth's death, John Hawthorne killed himself, which of course in some religious beliefs is another way to keep your spirit uh, from resting. Mm-hmm. Now joined her in the cemetery and the two of them were the, uh, the leading haunts of this cemetery. And then we get the story of the Hawthorne of the winter's night that we discussed in the last episode. Okay. All right. Um, I, I'm starting to see why, uh, yeah, this is all very, it's a cool story. It's really abstracted from the actual mazes and things that are going on. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, hmm. little red. I see what <laughs> really is. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Sometimes. Some do, some don't, which makes me wonder, well, you know, what was her original intention? But let's get let's get through the rest, and then we'll see if we can maybe make something more out of that. So now on the saws and steam into the machine. This one, okay, <laughs> this one. So the horizon, we know what that is. That's the utopia in a post-apocalyptic nightmare. It's a place that offers citizenship provided to anyone that can pass a simple test, at least as far as this story goes. And the choice they have to make really is take that test or just walk away. So when they take the test, a test moderator leads them into the room and gives them everything they need to take the test. The moderator for everybody that's ever come to the horizon is Lady Luck. 
So there's no right or wrong answers to this test because the choice, the wrong choice was already made just by taking it. So just by deciding to take that test, they enter the machine. And then, of course, as we know, their body fluids are removed to keep this steam-powered utopia functioning. So there, now, we used the word retconny earlier. That one, what do you think? That, that I think, is where maybe I actually thought of using the word retconny in this conversation. Oh yeah, that that one's that one's really reaching. I okay. think, but okay, all right. So, Nevermore, the madness of Poe. So let's move on to this. So Edgar Allan Poe, he had a choice to make one day, much like everybody in all these stories. He could board one of two ships. One ship was headed for Boston, which was his birthplace. The other ship was Baltimore, where he would wed Virginia Clem. He chose to go to Baltimore. The ticket taker for that ship was Lady Luck. And after that encounter, everything went bad because he found out that Virginia Clem, or when he, after he boards the ship and starts moving, Virginia Clem, she dies of tuberculosis. And that was what is the start of Poe's infamous descent into madness. And then we actually see that madness in the house. So that one, I made that third for a reason because that's probably one of the weaker ones of them all. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, the thing, the thing. Now, this one, if, this one. Now, if if retconny is ever applied to anything, it has to be the thing because they're adapting this story, uh, an existing property that a story that's already mm. written, and now they need to fit her in there one way or another. Yeah. So, y'all ready for this? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Why not? This is actually really no worse than the last two. It's actually along the same lines, but I'll tell you the story anyway. So, Juliet. This is the story of Juliet. She is a research assistant and a helicopter pilot. And she's headed towards a Norwegian research base. She starts to ro- run low on fuel. She gets on with radio air traffic control for an assessment. And the air traffic controller, of course, is Lady Luck. And Lady Luck tells her that she can either, she has just enough fuel to make it to the base if she wants to try or she can reroute to a nearby town and refuel but of course that'll take her off schedule the choice is up to Juliet to make Juliet chooses to push through and arrives at the base and she arrives safely that is at least until this metamorphic human and animal absorbing alien starts assimilating everything and everyone in that base so that is really retcon because without watching the movie I don't think that even happened maybe it did and it was an uncredited, or not even an uncredited, an unnamed character. It was just radio or an air traffic controller, and they pulled that from it. That I could actually, I could kind of get behind if this was something from the movie, but I don't know the movie well enough to know if it is or not. I don't either. Yeah, yeah the remake I've never seen, so okay. I don't know. Well, hold on, Quinn. It's not getting much better. Oh, boy. I hope you have a drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I poured a double at this point. Okay, so Nightingale's Blood Prey. So Edmund Clark, he is a young American thinking about fighting in World War One. While he's contemplating this idea, he comes across two propaganda posters. I guess one propaganda and one anti-war poster, or not even so much. Well, one one is encouraging to a list fight and win. That's what the big words are on this poster. The second poster reads about supporting the troops. For him. So it's not anti-war, but it's not an enlist fight and win. So the first poster, remember, I, I you remember I said Lady Luck was a shapeshifter, right? Yeah, that, that really opens things up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, because she shapeshifted into a poster. 
which God. Sorry. I can't grumble at because Deep, even though I know Quint's not a fan, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the shape-shifting character Odo transformed into some really weird shit, like a duffel bag, a painting, which is almost a poster, a broken glass. So if I'm going to stand behind that decision, I can't really complain that she turned into a poster. You know, you can like all kinds of Star Trek series and not like some of the episodes. Okay. It's, it's really okay. <laughs> right. So, yes, yeah, she was the tempting fight, win, and list poster. And that was enough for him to decide to enlist into the and go to war. And during the battle, he found himself stuck between an advancing enemy troop and monstrous creatures disguised as nurses feeding on the troops. So that was her role in Nightingale's Blood Brave. And wow. you know, you know, it's at this point where I'm going to say I'm writing out the notes and I'm fully behind everything I'm writing. And now I'm starting to think this is not go. This episode's not going the way I thought it was going to go. Because <laughs> okay. again, talking about it and writing it, two different things. Two different, different things. things. Yeah. Two big different things. Two really big. So, yeah. <laughs> but at least really, really different. Yeah. All right. But let's let's go. On. We're too far in at this point to turn around. I have a choice to make: stop either stop or keep going. <laughs> And I don't know which one to make. There's no redhead. Which one? I mean, I was just going to say, which is the redhead? You know, I guess keep going is the redhead, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's no one. Unfortunately, she's not here for me to, to actually give me a choice, which is really unfortunate, which makes this a little worse, actually. At least you'd, be, you'd have a cute redhead on exactly. premises. You know? yeah. <laughs> My guy's a black and white cat who's mean as shit. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only woman in the house right now. Yeah. Mine's my woman's here too, but she's really slow and gimpy because she oh, heard her foot. Yeah, I know. Those big, <laughs> big boots, so I could pretty much say what I want. And even <laughs> if my fat ass, I can stand. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. In between. So we're going to talk about Lewis now. Lewis, he is a college student and a professor's assistant. He also has a friend named Bubba. And Bubba is not as good in class as him. And one day, Going through the professor, the professor's locked cabinet, trying to find something, maybe test answers, I guess, for Bubba. He finds an ancient board game, kind of a Ouija-looking type board game. And he takes it back to his dorm room to check it out with Bubba. And the professor realizes that it's gone. And he calls Lewis saying he has a choice. Keep it and open it or bring it back and no harm done. Well, guess who the professor was? Yeah. yeah, Lady mm -hmm. Luck, of course, yes. So even giving him this uncharacteristic warning of how dangerous this item will be if he opens it, Lewis still chooses to open it. And when he does this, he opens a portal to a demon world, and that portal burns everything within a 20-foot range of it to complete cinders, including Lewis and Bubba. That might have been a good thing. Because <laughs> his name was Bubba? <laughs> well, well neither of them sound like they were too bright, so this is true. You've yep. been doing the world a favor. Speaking of Ouija boards, I saw we were in Target the other day and we just we happened to walk down the game aisle and I saw a Stranger Things Ouija board that was the Christmas lights and letters on the wall. Awesome. That was pretty <laughs> awesome. I was like, this is cool. I like this <laughs> this bit of uh merchandise or a licensed merchandise. I didn't buy it, but I thought it was I thought it was funny. That's not helping the story. 
No. I thought well, it was. is, actually. It's, it's distracting from <laughs> okay. it. It's a better story. Yeah. All right. Forsaken. The Forsaken. So this was, this is actually, you know, if you, well, we'll obviously we'll leave the, the Lady Luck stuff in here. I actually like the story behind this this house so let's let me i'll tell this and maybe we'll discuss it a little more this might be this might be the shiny hope in this christopher columbus and antonio cabot are feuding over which one of them are best suited to lead the expedition to the new world lady luck enters this argument taking the form of elizabeth um i'm sorry isabella queen of spain so she offers antonio cabot the call of a flip of the coin he calls heads but the coin lands tails. Now this leads to Columbus leading the expedition to the new world. Of course, the story that we all know, Christopher Columbus and Cabot is, I guess, reduced in a sense, because he could have led the whole expedition, but he's reduced to captaining a fourth ship in the fleet. Once the fleet got moving and they were on the high seas, Cabot starts trying to form a mutiny against Columbus and take over the expedition. Well, some of the men, on board weren't with the idea of mutiny and got a message to Christopher Columbus's ship and Columbus rallied the other three ships to turn and attack Cabot's four ship ending up and ultimately sinking it. After they sank the ship, Columbus and the remaining crew, they vowed to never speak of this again and falsely reported that Cabot's ship was lost at sea. Many, many, many years later, a storm pulls Cabot's ship from the bottom of the ocean to the shores of Spain, and the undead crew of that ship wander out of the vessel and take over the fort until the ship is pulled out to sea again. That's a fucking awesome story. That was a great story. What did Lady Luck have to do with that again? She took the form of Isabella, Queen of Spain, and told Cabot to call heads or tails, and she flipped a coin. But wouldn't that mean that one 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 and one loss wouldn't that upset her yeah i'm not saying any of this is perfectly written all right I'm okay <laughs> but uh, i mean i like i like the whole story except that part of it yeah that's well it's kind of yeah that's probably yeah, it, you know what's funny there's not really any story here that is like all like it's like without lady luck this couldn't happen but this is like the least shoe hmm. i don't know how i don't know how i'm not sure how i want to say this uh. it's like an event was not made up to put her in it's like i mean this didn't really happen either but it's like maybe queen is isabella queen of spain actually did flip a coin they just said lady luck took her form you know it's like it's like the story was written and then they just changed a couple words and but then it doesn't seem as shoehorned as the other ones not quite so, all right, that leads us to HR Blood and Guts. So, this one, okay, this one, you know, again, writing this out and talking about it, two different things. I saved this for last when I wrote, wrote it out. Let's see. Larry Kurtzenberg. He was a successful stage actor in the 1930s. After a few years in the spotlight, he decided it was time for a break. So, he walked away from acting, took up the hobby of taxidermy. And he did that for a while, but by the 1970s, he started kind of missing that spotlight again, and he wanted to try to kind of get back to performing. Now, entertainment changed a lot since the 1930s, so now Larry had to find a way to get into TV or movies, and TV seemed to be his best best shot at this from what his skill range was. But to get a really good break in TV, he had to get an agent. So he got an agent. 
and kept trying. The agent tried, couldn't find anything. Larry blew the audition or just wasn't right for whatever reason. One day, this agent secretary had called Larry. He said that there's one role that they scraped up that is already wanting to cast him. And it's a late night horror host from one of the local television stations. And he has a choice. Either take the role or the agency could no longer be able to represent him. Of course, that secretary is Lady Luck. Larry decides he'll take the role. Things all start off pretty good, but it's not too long that ratings begin to dip and the show takes a nosedive and Larry is fired. Well, Larry makes his final appearance when he breaks into the studio, tortures and murders everyone in his self-produced holiday-themed special for his final broadcast, which is, of course, the house that we saw. I think that's another strong story, too. That one's stronger than most, yeah. actually. I have to agree with that. And I, I, I mean, it also works because the the HR Blood and Guts story was in itself already a little, uh, how do you want to say, it? silly? Yeah. Um, whatever. So it it works with that a lot better than it works with, with a lot of the other things. Yep. So now, having gone through that, I think I see it's a lot more <laughs> evident than it was on paper. Why, Lady Luck might not be as popular as I thought she should have been, because this is a very weird way to include an icon. Now caretaker as an example, did the same exact thing, sort of kind of, yeah. And Terra queen did the same thing too, but well, that, that's a storyteller. That's another thing. But above all that caretaker had a house. If you wanted to pinpoint one story for the caretaker, it was told in that house. Yep. I think not having a house is what really hurts the reputation of Lady Luck. Um, also, the the shoehorny factor of that story. I think um, the, the I think the idea of Lady Luck is really cool. I think the idea of Lady Luck as a as an icon and as for marketing materials and all of that stuff lets you do. I mean, you get to you get to put a cute redhead in in a lot of your marketing. Plus, you get to make her demonic in a lot of your marketing, and you get to do all kinds of fun shit. But I just think that they didn't really think through really well how they were going to really fit her into the event. Well, I mean, this really sounds like another. Um, uh, the, the the old woman one uh, story sorry yeah storyteller it really feels like another storyteller thing yeah i mean i get where you're coming from on that but that's the thing is that i don't think it is i think this was the plan i think it was the idea for and i think maybe this is where a problem comes in too i think maybe they decided to take that that new level of fandom that we've gotten in the icon era where people that are following the website and know every single thing that's been posted about halloween horror nights and like are freaking looking at like website code and everything and digging details out of mm -hmm. i think they decided to make lady luck the icon for that aspect of the event and you know who would know any of this uh, that that isn't a, a person that goes up that thinks about Halloween Horror right. Nights every the past November, you know, until the next year. Yep. I damn well guarantee everybody that we were avoiding in line with our express pass, those kids had no fucking idea about this story. Well, I didn't. Yeah, well, yeah. and that was that leads yeah. me to a question: Would it made it any better or worse had you known this story going into the uh, any of these stories going into it? I don't think so. I mean, I think it would have been a cool thing because, you know, uh, you know, this this 
shapeshifter that is ageless or, or timeless, really, uh, you know, setting up all these these deals through time. It's actually not that bad a story, right? It's like she's she's just like she shows up through history and just fucks with people, right? Um, it, it's it's almost a, a a Loki character that they've created where she's she's just like she just shows up, gives you a choice, encourages you to pick the wrong one, and you know the the repercussions are fucking terrible. Um, that's actually an okay thing, and it's an okay story, but I don't think it would have made any difference to me because everything else is just so disjointed like as a as a short story book that would have been okay yeah. tying together a bunch of short stories and that that would have been okay it doesn't really work in this sort of event because she you forget about it as you're going through all these stories because she doesn't have a presence in any of the stories here there's right. no like if you saw her making the like making a deal or making something at the beginning of a maze or at the beginning of anything or every maze, right? You see the deal. That would be something where it's like, aha, this is where she's tying the, this is where she's fucking this dude over. And this is where she's fucking this girl over. And this is where she, you know, that would maybe make sense, but going through the maze and, or going through the mazes and the scare zones this way. No, not a chance. That's what, and that's, that's like, it also makes the marketing really weird too. The, the the myriad of catchphrases of 21. How much will you wager? Are you in? Your fate is in your hands. None of that means anything in this event. That was the other thing I was mm. going to say. It's like, like all of the gambling metaphors that they were using, there's no gambling anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like there's, there's, I, I, why not make a haunted casino or something? Right. Like that's like the thing. It's, the ho- it's one single house. It's like, it didn't even need to be the biggest house. She, that was the, I think that was the biggest miss in this is that she had uh, th- that scare zone is barely representation. It's like you have an icon for an event, you, with the, the whole, the whole clapping emoji. When you have an icon for an event, she needs to be in the event. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, right. she's not there. She's there, but she's not there. It's like 17. Okay. 17 is a huge fucking gold standard and 25 much of the same way too, but 17, the Carnival of Carnage. Jack made that event. There is no question about that. 25. Jack's sure. imagery, mm-hmm. imagery was everywhere. Jack's presence was everywhere. You could tie it into almost everything there. I mean, some more than, way more than others, but hers, you, you have to stretch the hell out of your imagination to do it for this one. Well, not only that, you have to do a lot of research. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a great like, point. Yep. You have to do a lot of research. And the place that they did put her in the event you could easily walk by and not notice. Yep. That's the other, that's, that was another, the only representation that she had on a nightly basis was awful. Not, I mean, it wasn't off. It was cool. The makeup was cool. The characters were great. The, pl- the I, placement of it I, I was, awful. The scares it was awful. Yeah. The, the placement was, or the, at least the, the, the fact that you just didn't know anything was there unless you, you went down that alley and that alley is not inviting. It looks like a employees only section. So yeah, um, that said, I do like, I, I like all of the lady luck iconography and imagery. I really thought they did a good job creating that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of course, doesn't hurt that she's, you know, cute redhead, right? But, <laughs> I mean, that always helps, but, um, 
but you know even the iconography that they were using for marketing the like all the cards and the wheel and the you know all that stuff i thought was really cool and her scare zone once you got into it was pretty good small but pretty good um i just wish they would have used her for more yeah yeah, it's it's her lack of presence and and all of this, everything that uh, that they did write for her in these backstories are completely inconsequential. With with taking her out right. of them changes nothing. Right. No. I mean, it doesn't. And that's why it that's why like you mentioned it feels a little retconny because it it just it doesn't change anything if you don't have her. Yeah. Like the story will continue anyway, right? Um it's unfortunate, and I think um, it's it's also probably why they stepped back from icons for a while because Maybe, I think yeah. they were just kind of running out of of good ideas for for tying the entire event together, and and it was also uh, I think this is our last year where we have this many um, original IPs. We we start getting into the years where um, well maybe I don't know. Let me look that up. What the next one is going to be but i think we start getting into the years where ips are, are much more heavily uh featured oh yeah well let me give you i can tell you right now 22 alice cooper welcome to my nightmare Penn and teller nuked las vegas okay that's not an ip but that's that's a there's a branding on there but i'm yeah. not done welcome to silent hill universal house of horrors which yeah okay that's defendable because that's mm, their defendable creatures. Yes. but walking dead dead inside this is where it, that all begins yeah, we're moving out of the icon era into the Walking Dead era. Yep, and which was cool for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, the next the next few uh, discussions are going to start to be interesting. Yeah, um, and and maybe maybe this was just it. It was just like you know we the, we can't the events, and one of the things that that I think. Uh, is also important to to note is like the events are getting so big now oh god yeah 21 it's almost like someone flipped a goddamn switch in 21 it's so i mean that i can mark it's like where it's i can mark that there was there it's always been crowded event i can't say there was an that's not true when i used to go on halloween the years before this it seemed empty but it's but uh, regularly there was always those hell weeks 21 just seemed to be more than ever and that and it never stopped after that yeah um and and just like the the everything is getting ramped up like everything there, there's just more and more and more and more of the the quality is going up everything is just starting to build in plus like i was saying like the ips are starting to come in and that always does you know uh, it, it how do you shoehorn ips into an icon they yeah. tried that with the thing and that was like <laughs> well uh, okay whatever that's very shoehorny right so uh, maybe they just started taking a step back because this didn't really work out the way they wanted it to yeah you know and it's it's yeah i i've just i realized i've i've been more anti lady luck as a i not that's not true i wouldn't say anti lady luck as an icon I've, I've been more critical of what they've done with lady luck this episode than i plan to be but I still do like her as an icon because I think the look and the idea is great. I just don't think it was translated well to the event the way they intended to. <laughs> so I really like I like the idea of her. I love the design. I love the 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 temptress versus the demon. It just is unfortunate that it didn't get incorporated better. Is what it comes down to for me. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say too. Okay, cool. What do you think, Karen? Not no, not even experiencing any of this. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not really sure how. The, I don't because going into it, I, I heard you guys talk about Lady Luck all the time, and I just assumed that that year had to do more with with gambling and yeah, I don't know. I, I expected her to be more of a presence in it. And then to hear the houses, it just, it's very disjointed. Yeah. yeah they definitely did not use her very well. Right. And I, I'm kind of hoping that maybe they can bring her back eventually at some point to redeem it, to redeem that idea of it. Well, they kind of sort of, I mean, it seems to be time heals all wounds because a lot of people just like made fun of the of the idea of Lady Luck and the 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 catchphrases and talk. And, and again, we're we're talking in the in the Halloween Horror Nights community, you know, people that actually record what they're talking about and post about it. I, I'm not talking the entire everyone that's ever been to HHN, but people have made fun of it, talked about it, and made their jokes and criticized it the first year or two after and so forth and so on. But the, when 25 comes around, it was she was included in the scare zone in two different forms. She was the temptress right. and she was a demon with a chain, the demon lady look with a chainsaw, which was awesome. And 21 had a big gel on that whole Hollywood facade of where all the numbers were. And people, a lot of people seem to take pictures and not take them ironically and joke as a post. It seems like time time heals all ru- all all wounds not the best use of an icon but she's still an icon she's still part of hhn maybe not the best use of it but she is so it seems to have been finally had gone away but man after 21 ended and tr- then the years the icon era ended for a little while there she there was not many good things said about her but it seems to have passed at this point for the most part there's yeah. always going to be <laughs> you know the exceptions <laughs> Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's the comic book guy for everyone, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, what helps, and and one of the reasons that I that I still have a soft spot for, well, a my first year, so yeah, yes, exactly, I have a soft yeah. spot for Lady yeah. Luck. Yeah. Uh, second of all, the rest of the event was so strong that I, I just I can't really knock the event, right? Like it has. It has at least two of, of my very favorite mazes ever, maybe three of my very favorite mazes ever in this this year. Yeah. Um, Night and Kills, Sauce and Steam, and The Forsaken, and that's not taken away from all the other ones because they were good too. But those three mazes were outstanding, mm-hmm. and uh, the scare zones like Acid Assault, Dark Souls, uh, it were were great. Like this had such strong content that I I really. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, despite everything else that we've just talked about, um, uh, maybe Lady Luck did bring luck. Yep. Who knows? It's, it's that's an interesting perspective too that you bring up. It's your first year, so when you're introduced to an icon, to you, icon is the marketing gimmick. Then there's the event. It isn't until we do this show that you realize what the icon era is. So nothing seemed right. amiss to you that year. No. So you no. were, yeah, th- this was completely normal to you because it's the first time you've ever seen it, which is uh, for a lot of people as, as well, because 21 just blew the fuck up. It, there's a ton of people that started at 21, so it didn't seem to be a miss, I would assume. I'm guessing. I don't well, know. But one of the things that um, that I remember 
when we started talking uh, about this, sorry, when we started this show and we started talking about stuff and I looked at 21 again, one of the things that I, that I had come out of that event thinking that it was incorrect was that um, the seven scare zone was also sort of a lady luck scare zone. Yeah. I mean, I always kind of thought it was too. It's, it's one that I, if I really think about, eh, maybe it is or isn't, but yeah, I thought so too, because they did. Trans- oh, maybe it's, Right. Maybe it's not, but that was, that was like, I came out of that thinking, well, she had two scare zones, right? Yeah. Like, okay. I thought sure. seven was a scare zone. And then we started talking about it and I looked it all up and I'm like, oh, well, that's not really her scare zone. Yeah, that's, that's just right, yeah. another, you know, seven deadly sin scare zone. But yeah, you know what I mean though, right? I do. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. But yeah. Anyway, um, I think we've probably beaten this I horse. I think so too. Yep. Beyond but, death. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, Still, I mean, I still say if we're going to take a quick vote, she is, she is absolutely an icon, just not used the best way. So that's, that's my takeaway. Even though I was, it sounded very anti Lady Luck as an icon, I still consider her an icon, just, just handled badly. I agree. I think it's my take as well. What do you think, Karen? It's unanimous. No, I would agree. Oh, okay. I would agree. She's definitely an icon. It's just, you said. She wasn't utilized. And the same thing with Chance. She yes, was not yeah. utilized as well. as So it seems they need to work on their lady icons. But even Chance was better in in two big ways. One, she had a house. And two, her voice played throughout the entire park all night. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah so you knew that you were in Chance's head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the voice playing through the park was... Uh, Hit and miss. You, you got some places where it was pretty predominant, and then some places where it wasn't anymore. And I don't know. Um, but yes, yeah, she she was definitely better represented than than Lady Luck was. Yeah. Okay. So all right. Well, that's that was I, that was her story. That is everything now about Twenty One that there is to talk about. And it, and this is the close of the original Icon era, and we don't get it again until Twenty Five. And arguably, it stopped at Twenty Six, although. <laughs> they have sold imagery of the Stiltwalker, the Bone Daddy character in the in the prop shop as HH27 icon. So we'll see. We'll see what 28 brings. Mm-hmm. Now, one fun Easter egg that's still out on the internet for now until they realize it's out there. There's a hot link on the HalloweenHorrorNights.com website that I don't think they realize is still there. If you go to HalloweenHorrorNights.com slash video, that's it. No extension or anything out there. It leads to the original promo video for the the release of the of the event. And it's a very young Patrick Braylord on Lady Luck's roulette wheel about to be tortured. Huh. It's funny that that link, right. that specific link leads to that video. It's still there right now as I'm saying this. So if they listen to this oh, and wow. fix that link, it might not be there very long, but go check it. Halloweenharnice.com slash video. Put that in and check out the original promo release for Halloween Hard Nights 21 and Lady Luck. I'm checking it out right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's... I'm not going to watch the whole thing. In this, but it's still working? That's minutes, what, I really so. just wanted confirmation. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, so, all right. That is it for this episode. So, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back with, uh, I, I would imagine, uh, 22 is going to be next in our history, obviously. But every time 
uh, we're getting the, the further we're getting into the year, the closer we're getting to release. So I don't know what's going to be next for sure, but 22 will be up next or an instant reaction or, uh, well, there's really no, or between the two. So one of the two will be next and whatever comes up first, that's what we'll release next. So thank you, Karen and Quint for this way more heated discussion than I intended from the beginning. It's always fun. <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> So it's always fun talking Halloween Horror Nights. That's true. This is the kind of this is you know what for anyone listening, the second half of this is the kind of conversations Quinn and I and I had four five years ago when we started the show. We started the show four years ago, but we're having conversations even before that. This is the kind of conversations me and Quinn would have that led to deciding to do this show. Yeah, definitely. It was it was always and and that was like when we wanted to do a theme park show. It was like well. What do we always talk about? It's always gets back to Halloween Horror Nights. Always gets back to Halloween Horror Nights. And when we started talking about Halloween Horror Nights, we would do exactly what we do on the show, which is rat hole deeply yep. <laughs> into all kinds of topics. <laughs> and and you know, and it was just a no-brainer for us to to continue talking with microphones. Exactly. Yep. So there we go. You just kind of saw a, a little glimpse of the past, even though we're well, we're, we're talking about the past. Yeah, that was a good setup. I, that's why I read from notes. <laughs> Can't improv. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you in that next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a NewsAz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at newsaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsaz. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.